Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and co-hosting with me today, I'm very excited to introduce entertainment journalist, comics writer, Dormelage supporter. <laughs> Hello, this is Stephanie Williams. Hi, Stephanie. I'm so happy that you're co-hosting. I am too. And like, it's really great that it's this episode because in my opinion, it was the strongest episode. So there we have it. <laughs> so uh, Adam Adam had to step down because of a, a deadline he has. And uh, Stephanie was the first person I thought of to ask. And she so graciously said yes, which made me very happy. Yeah. Do you want to introduce our guests? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and see. I'm already messing up. See, Adam, you got to come back. You got to come back quick. <laughs> so today we have a writer and lover of horror. Victor. Hi, Victor. <laughs> and to go along with Sir Victor, uh, we have Twitter Goblin and my own personal saint. <laughs> David, a.k.a. Discreet Latino. <laughs> Hi, David. Uh, so I told Stephanie that David actually was the person that recommended I have Stephanie on way back in the beginning of the summer when I was looking for new guests for X-Men. Um, and he's the reason I reached out and that Stephanie and I are now in love and co-hosting together. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to divorce my husband and then we're going <laughs> to run off <laughs> and get married and it'll be a whole thing. <laughs> um, so we're here to talk about episode four of Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I agree with you, Stephanie. I thought, I was like, oh, wow, if the show had been like this consistently i i thought this was like a really like very good episode of the show yeah because it um it moves the story forward in a way that the previous two episodes have not done um so for that alone i really loved um but what what did you all think victor or david i thought it was pretty strong as well uh, especially compared to the first three. Yeah, I also thought it was pretty strong. Um, but I was saying to Ian earlier, I kind of liked the slow burn going into mm -hmm. all these episodes. So, but this one was really good. Yeah, I mean, I think adding the Dormelage added, like, I think the thing the show that has been good since the previous episode is like adding these characters that we like kind of already know, but, you know, it's not, I, I kind of like that it's not Okoye as the face in these in this episode like i kind of like that because it's I, I like that we're getting these other characters that hadn't had a lot of screen time screen time getting to like be front and center like that's something i really like and it feels very true to comic books to me right mm -hmm. yeah no it does and like we haven't seen anything from io outside of you know her introduction in uh captain america civil war and then seeing her in black panther but really not say anything at all. So it was actually really nice to um, have her back and, you know, talking and stuff. Yeah. It, I, this is like the most talking she's done, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and again, like I, that, that was a thing I liked about one division too, is like, Oh, we got Darcy and Jimmy Woo who were side characters and other things. Like I, that's very comic book to me where like characters can float in and out that maybe had, you know, five lines altogether previously, but they're going to be more front and center. I just like that shit because that was a thing the MCU kept saying they would do, but they weren't doing as well. I mean, granted, because these actors were all like, you know, $5 million for five lines. So they couldn't really have Chris Evans pop up. I mean, he popped up in a cameo and two things, but it was harder to get these heroes floating in and out of stuff. And I think probably, I mean, probably Disney just was like, oh, now we're adding that to your contract when you sign that you can be in other things without a new contract. But I think it just that works better for me. So last episode we left off, they were they had left Madripoor and went to uh 
Latvia, right? That's where they are? Yes. Yep. Yeah. At Baron Zemo's place, his very nice luxury apartment. And we left off with Bucky having an encounter with Io. And I liked this. I liked that we got to see her because she was, that's like the code that made him turn, right? The thing she's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I, I liked seeing shit like shit like that. I liked seeing. And I think that's like, also because I think one might assume since Okoye has always been front and center, I probably would have assumed that she would be the one that would have been going through that with him. And I liked that we saw that, you know, I, I just like getting the rest of the door melage in this right yeah no and actually i actually really i i love that opening um because at first i was kind of like oh here we go um <laughs> you know <laughs> this black woman um and services this white guy but it's it's actually way more than that because we know um of bucky's history we we knew that cap dropped him off at wakanda for like summer camp or whatever and he's <laughs> been there <laughs> getting reconditioned like we 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 already knew that yeah. that was something that happened so to kind of get that extra tidbit to me this was kind of similar to the cold opening that wandavision had with um monica rambeau in that episode yeah. where she comes back from the blip um and i say that because we get this added extra thing from io and just kind of how she operates um, in the Dora Milaje, because like what a huge task and responsibility that is to, you know, be there to like make sure that, hey, like what we've been doing actually works. And if it didn't, then I'm the one that can handle you if that is not the case. So looking at it from that perspective, I really appreciate it because one, it adds depth for her and then also for Bucky as well, because Sebastian yeah. Stan is acting his behind off in this scene. Yes, yes, I I was I was surprised, honestly. Hands up. I didn't know if he had the range, but he did. He nailed <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Victor, what did you think? You know, I thought the same thing. I was very happy to see her. I was very happy to see her and to see um, that she was given that responsibility because Bucky, anything could have went wrong. And he is a danger. Like He's dangerous once he is, you know, turned into the Winter Soldier. And the fact that she was given that responsibility really spoke a lot about her character and what she really had to offer. And I love just watching her, watching her. You see the confidence. You see that Mm -hmm. she is totally in control at all times. Just the way she looks, the way she's, you know, where she stands. It was just like, I'm very confident. I know who I am. I am, I can do this. I can handle this all on my own if I need to. And I love that. I love that we are seeing kind of the power of the Dora Milaje through this one character. And I love that so much. So I was very happy to see her and to see, you know, that at the end of the day, she will support him, but she also has a bigger mission and she knows what that bigger mission is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, like you said, Victor, the fact she was like confident because he's, doesn't he say something like, are you sure? And she's like, yes. Like she's very confident. Yeah. I feel like she knows also like, okay, if he does get into his assassin winter soldier mode, I can probably kick his ass. Like she's. She's not like worried about that, and she probably could. Yeah, David, what did you think of that opening? Uh, first of all, she looked great because <laughs> even like in her civilian clothes, especially in a you know poor Eastern European country, she's just uh, such a presence. I I did love that flashback scene. Uh, like everyone else said, it adds a lot of depth. We've already seen that she's very tough, but this shows you her softer side, her more caring side. But yeah, she looked great. It was great to see her. She was like kind of a fan favorite because of that 
or her scene in uh, Civil War, that GIF became very popular. Uh, it's popular, again, because of her reappearance. But it's great to see her with lines. Yeah, more like lines that aren't just like about fighting. Right. But also like a conversation, a dialogue. Right. right. You know what's funny is I realize that my... So, I mean, clearly I love the Marvel movies, but I realized because a lot of them came... When they started coming out, like when the first Avengers came out, I watched that so many times because it was like, you know, the first big superhero movie that I loved. And it was like a team and whatever. But after that, I tended not to rewatch them as much. So I realized I often forget what was Winter Soldier and what was Civil War. Because in my brain, that scene happened in Winter Soldier, but we don't meet Black Panther until Civil War. So right. yeah, it was like weird. I was getting confused. So I was like, oh, but Civil War, Bucky was already like good, right? But no, because they drop him off at Wakanda at the end. He's only been good post-Civil War. So yeah, I, that was like a... Because I kept thinking, oh yeah, she first appeared in Winter Soldier and she had that cool scene. But yes, my Marvel movie uh, timeline gets a little moosh in the middle there. So we cut back to... We, we learn that they're giving Bucky eight hours with Zemo. A thing they're doing a little too much of, we're doing a little too much Zemo rehab here because he yeah. is enjoyable to watch and I don't I don't appreciate that. And we're reminded, oh wait, he is a murderer. He murdered their king. He, you know, we saw him throughout that movie torturing people. Whatever. We get back to his place. You know, Bucky tells Sam what's going on. They even talk about Dr. Nagel and Zemo's like, I don't want to litigate that again. And Sam is like, there's nothing to litigate. You shot him. And Zemo gives like this like big speech and he's referencing supremacy and Nazis. Isn't Zemo also a Nazi though? Yeah, this is why um this is one like obviously ironic for him to say this, but it still doesn't work. Um, because he's referring to Carly, who is obviously a black woman, um, yeah. who's the leader of the flag smasher. So it just it gets lost in the sauce. Um, it just doesn't work. Um, and it comes off as Odd, and it honestly took me out of the show for a moment, out of that scene for a moment, because the whole time I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> what? And <laughs> I get that it could have been written that way on purpose, because um, I mean, if we realize that, then the writers have to have realized that as well. Right. But it's just very interesting that that conversation took place in the way that it did, especially. As we talk about this episode some more, um, like John Walker's further characterization, the way that he reacts to the Dora Milaje when they meet, and then what happens at the end. I don't know, like, I just feel like that conversation would have hit better if, say, for the next episode, but that couldn't work because of what they, you know, need to do with Zemo or whatever. But yeah, that was, that was weird. Right. Yeah. I, I, I was like, am I wrong? Wasn't he part of Hydra? Isn't that like, doesn't it mean he's a Nazi? Because even when he refers, he's like, oh, leads to Nazis and the Avengers. And it's like, okay, but you were part of one of those. Like, <laughs> like I get the Avengers dig is referencing Sam and Bucky, but like you were part of the, the Nazis. So, mm. but I do, Sam is like, those are our friends you're talking about. And Bucky wants to clarify it's the Avengers, not the Nazis. Ugh, I I think the Hydra thing because they did this moving forward after the first cap, they like kind of don't reference that they're Nazis. They like use Hydra instead of Nazi, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm wondering if they're trying to do like a weird rewrite there, which I, I feel like mm. it's too late. It's way too late. Make a new bad yeah. guy group, have aim be the new Hydra. And then you can pretend they're not Nazis, right? Like somebody on Twitter said it well, when, when he said that Hydra is Nazis 
when the story needs them to be. But even at their best, they're like the spinoff of Nazis. They're they're Nazi 2.0. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. <laughs> Anno- and again, annoyingly, I do... If it wasn't Zemo delivering this, I would have liked the like dialogue he gives here better because he's kind of ragging on the Avengers, which is like, yeah, I get that, but like you're a Nazi, so like I liked the that we're ragging on the Avengers and like you know I I think that shit works. It just doesn't work coming from him, right? Yeah, and that's the thing that I kind of mentioned in that thread before I had to erase it <laughs> <laughs> that um you know. This show, because of some of the casting choices and then for some of the choices in who, like what character delivers what line and why, a lot of what they're trying to do either gets undermined or just lost in the sauce because of that. So it's just been kind of like, you know, again, interesting to watch this unfold, especially this episode, because I feel like that really stands out more so um, than it did in previous episodes. Because like Zemo talking about uh, Trouble Man, you know, capturing the African-American experience is something that's laughable, but it's not as serious as him referring to the leader of the Flag Smashers as a supremacist and just the whole serum being like a supremacist serum and so on and so forth. Because even that also gets weird because just for so many reasons um, that I'll be all day talking about on the podcast, but it just doesn't work because um, Steve's not there anymore to kind of juxtapose to John Walker. Um, That's the way that it works in the comics and it works well in that way. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work in this case because Sam is there, but it's different. So maybe we should be talking about things a little differently. Yeah, I I think you're right. It's like they're trying to have the same dialogue that they had with Steve and Johnny Walker, but like with Steve out of the picture. And it's like, we need to change the dialogue, the discussion, because he's just not there. Mm -hmm. Because I wanted y'all's opinion on, I just... When I, I think it is it Bucky that says the serum never corrupted Steve, and then Zemo's like touche, but there has never been another Steve Rogers. I was like, would he really think that highly of Steve Rogers? I think so. You think so? Yeah, he's that pretentious enough and full of himself that yeah, he he would fit. He would if he thinks that Trouble Man captures the African American spirit <laughs> uh, experience, then he definitely would feel that way about um, Steve Rogers. Like that that felt believable to me. Okay, because I felt like he would just like hate all of them. No, he he he's a he's a smart villain because he's cultured. <laughs> okay, fair. Right. <laughs> he's also really good at saying what you know he knows people want to hear. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that was, uh, I think that was this may be moving too far ahead, but I think that was illustrated very well during the uh, the kind of intelligence finding scene where Bucky and Sam were just not doing very well <laughs> uh, when when looking for that Donya lady they were just like calling out her name and chasing people but then he you know Zemo literally gives candy to babies and gets you know does what he needs to do what the other two couldn't and see I did like that I thought that made sense that he would be better at it than them because he is a like I mean he was like part of Hydra so he like understood I don't know how like a, a group dynamic works and Sam and Bucky just like waltz in there and are like looking co- very conspicuous. Also, David, I wanted to ask you, Donia Madani, is it Donia like 
the Spanish word or is it Donia like that's like her name? <laughs> that's it, it's really interesting that you asked me that. The first time I watched it, I watched it without subtitles. So the entire time I thought Donia was a title, which right. is usually given to uh, widows or less commonly, but it's like you respect to this older woman. Right. Like the, it's like the, the Spanish word for lady, like as a yeah. title, but, but it's more commonly given to widows. So I thought Donya was her title, but also the way that they then said it later on sounded very weird. And I thought that it might've just been like a misunderstanding of her culture, but no, the woman's name is Donya uh, with an N-Y, not an N-Y. So I don't. Cause I saw that in the captions this week, but so I, I'm an old and I watch everything with captions on because I like to be able to like, in case I miss a line, read it. The captions were a little off this week. There was a couple lines that they would deliver that the cap, it would be like a shorter version of that same statement. So I was like, are they just spelling it wrong in the captions? But I don't think, yeah, I think you're, I think you're more right that it's supposed to be her name because I kept viewing it as, oh, she was like an elder of this group and she was a Hispanic woman and that's why they call her that. But yeah, I think it's just her name, right? Right. It was D-O-N-Y-A. Yeah. But yeah, I do like that Zemo literally brings candy for these children and he gets the info. Like you said, Seventy, they're just like yelling names. And it's like, why do you think that would help when you're going into this group's like camp? I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but Zemo does. I noticed there was like a thing. I don't know if we'll go back to that or. Because he tells that little girl, those men are very bad. Do not trust them about Sam and Bucky. So I'm wondering if that will like come back or that was just him being like, great, you're only my informant, not theirs. It was actually kind of cute, though, because it made me go back and remember if you if y'all ever remember the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, that's what the White Witch did to Edmund. She basically mm-hmm. gave him Turkish delight in the way of kind of manipulating him, um, getting the information that she needed. Um, she gave him that candy. It was more enchanted when she gave it to him. But it was kind of that same, you know, scene of like, I'm giving you this candy to give me what I need to do what I need to do. And you may help me later on. So I kind of looked at that as like, that's what the White Witch did <laughs> to Edmund when she needed when she needed to get rid of the lion. Oh, wow. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. I'm that probably was on. I wonder if that was on purpose. It probably was. Right. I think so, because I can see Derek Colstead, um, who's a, one of the writers on this episode, like, you know, pulling, you know, pulling that reference. So we then they leave. They need to get back to Zemo's place. He tells them the funerals this afternoon, but he needs leverage. So he's not going to, like, tell them. Bucky gets really mad. Sam calls Sharon and asks for a favor. So I, we didn't really I don't think we talked about this in the episode, but do we think I want to know what everyone thinks here. Do we think Sharon is a power broker? I think so. I, I'm starting to think that she very well may be. Uh, David, what do you think? I'm either way on that. I, I would not be totally surprised uh, if she is, but uh, she definitely has something going on. I don't know if it's that. But somebody did refer to the power broker with a male pronoun. Yeah. At right. some point, which kind I don't know if that's, uh, if that's to set the right expectation or to, or just to throw us all off. Yeah, that's true. It could be to throw us off. Victor, what do you think? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. I don't think it's her. Okay. I think it is someone, it may be someone totally new or it, it could be somebody in the Marvel Universe we just haven't really put in there yet. But when I guess because when we were in Badger Poor, 
it just made me think about everybody who's been involved with that. So mm-hmm. it could be someone totally different. So I'll take the risk and say it's <laughs> I, I I just go back and forth because the thing I keep thinking of is how like now she's completely cut off from her comic counterpart. So they really can do anything with her because like she's not, she can't be ahead of S.H.I.E.L.D. while the show told us otherwise in the, this, they don't know S.H.I.E.L.D.s even exist. So like there's no S.H.I.E.L.D. for her to be like one of the heads of, there's no Captain America for her to be the sometimes girlfriend of. So I feel like they really could do anything with her. Like they could give her this moniker. They could, you know, give her another hero identity. So I'm just like, I feel like it could happen, but I kind of don't want it to. I like, I like her as part of that group um, because like that third episode was the most I ever liked her character. You know, I didn't civil war. It was very much like, look, he's not gay. He kissed the lady. Um, and so I don't know. I, that version of her was kind of boring, but this version of her I like infinitely better. And I kind of like the nuance of, hey, you guys kind of like left her on her own devices when she was also an enemy of the state because of all the shit you did together. She didn't get the uh, Avengers immunity. Right. And so like, right. I could understand if she was like, fuck the Avengers, I'm going to be the power broker. I don't care about these heroes anymore. Like that would be like a a little bit understandable of a origin for a supervillain. But so we cut to Carly. She's getting the serum at a grave. And she says, again, the the portrayal of Carly is so weird because like most of the time she's right. Mm -hmm. And she says like that shield is a monument of a bygone error and era. And she is right. Like I constantly go back to that drag race meme of like, it's a piece of fabric. Like it's a piece of vibranium, like fucking whatever. And I mean, we've kind of talked about it. The, The show has... I don't know that the show is landing one way or the other, but the show has talked about it where like, oh, but Steve didn't care as much about the symbol. He kind of just did the thing. And I, I think you're right, Stephanie. Like this conversation would be so much better if Steve were there to be a part of. Yeah, because again, like Carly isn't wrong. <laughs> and maybe it works better if, or maybe it does still work if you go back to the previous episodes and I don't know, like if John Walker's nationalism was hinted at, I'm not hinted at, but like telegraph harder than what it currently is. Like we know that he is a military man, um, that he was willing to do things in Afghanistan that got him those medals, a lot of which were, I'm pretty sure, questionable acts. Um, But like he's willing to represent what he believes the shield is supposed to mean. So in that way, what she says, yeah, again, ends up being very true. So like, it just, I don't like, maybe that's, I mean, I'm feeling like that's the part that's, that's, that's the whole point. And this is why, again, I find more parallels between Carly and um, John Walker than I'm finding between John Walker and Sam, like, cause Sam's like the moral grounding of this show. So it's, not very interesting to me to like compare those two, but it's more so interesting to compare Carly and John because they're two folks that are on similar paths and we're going to find like who was willing to go the furthest. And it looks like it might be John. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, again, like I like that she's not wrong, but it just makes me feel like, what are we doing then? If like, right. but we'll get, there's, there's a scene that I do like that we get to later. Um, so we cut to Sam, Zemo, and Bucky walking, and Walker, Cap, and Battlestar are right there. He's yelling. He's mad. 
He's immediately being fucking annoying. Sam does a good... I, I think this episode the most exemplified how, like, what you said about Sam, that he is the moral, because he's like, hey, let's calm down. And, like, Bucky and Walker Cap are ready to just, like, start fighting each other. And Sam is like, this won't work if we're just fighting. Like, you know, and he even says, like, he reminds us, which I had forgotten, that when we're introduced to him, he's like a, not like an, a therapist, but he leads like a therapy group about like soldiers with trauma and PTSD. So he feels like he's best suited, which he is, to de-escalate. And this is like the first time we get a little bit of more personality from Hoskins slash Battlestar, because he's like, he agrees with the non-escalation tactic. And we can see that Walker Cap isn't happy about that, but he's like, all right, sure. Even though he's like, eh, he's like still being immediately aggressive because he's him. But we get the the very silly Zemo saying, my associate is just up ahead and it's this child. <laughs> um, and she walks them to where it is. Walker Cap handcuffs Zemo and Zemo says, aggressive, but I get it. <laughs> Which like sure i don't know and walker cap says sam has he's like you got 10 minutes we see the funeral carly's giving a eulogy she sees sam she's like subtweeting sam here because she's like making eye contact with him while giving the speech and i did appreciate that we got to pause and see the flag smashers mourn this like head up of their group to give them a little bit more because we we hadn't really got much aside from carly right like i felt like we didn't see what the other characters were doing or up to aside from her and that guy that like sacrifices himself. But so I actually really like Sam talking to Carly. Like, so he goes down after the ceremony, has a conversation with her. Um, Stephanie, what did you feel about? Because I did like this. I will admit, I liked their convo here. No, I liked it because it made sense for Sam. Um, did I agree with some of the stuff that Sam said? No, because it kind of <laughs> reminded me of like Charles Barkley and his thoughts on Cap um, and the whole, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't protest, I just don't like the way that you're doing it. Like, I didn't really care for that language. So then again, like, there's this thing of, like, certain characters saying certain things, and it just kind of underscores and takes away from the scene because you're thinking, well, man, like, you sound like this, and, like, that's not really working if you want me to believe that the Flag Smashers are evil. And I'm starting to feel like that's not even the case. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like, each episode, like, I'm just kind of like, but... I get the point, but I really love that because now we're seeing Sam actively do something instead of passively reacting to information that is given to him. So I really loved it. It just really made sense for his character. Again, like he's the moral center of the show. So I get it. Victor, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. But I like the fact that Sam, that he did say what he said, only because it kind of gives you that that idea that you that you may be out of touch, Sam. You may not understand what has happened mm. since you've been mm-hmm. gone. And I think that is kind of the thing that they were mentioning a little bit earlier when they were talking about like how you know five years ago they were able, you know, the world was coming together, and he wasn't really there to witness that. Um, and so I feel like that he may be talking out of turn in a way of like, you don't know what's happened. You don't understand what that looks like since, since you wasn't here. So for him to say that, I was like, mm, okay, I see what you're saying. But at the same time, you wasn't here. You wasn't really there. Um, so I do like that conversation. But I also, Carly kind of reminded me <laughs> a little bit of, this may be really out there, of a young Magneto when he was trying to figure out what he was trying to stand for and do what he was willing to do to make his point. Hmm. Even though Carly is nowhere near that, it just kind of reminded me a little bit of seeing, you know, what she's willing to do 
but still having that inner battle of not going so far, but going far enough to make her points. And it kind of reminded me of reading old comics when Magneto was trying to get himself together before he became Magneto. Hmm. I I can see that, actually, because it's like Magneto's always been a little bit more of a nuanced villain in the comic books, at least. And I, I kind that I mean, you're right. That's probably another reason why I do like this scene because it, it was the first time we got to see her talking to one of these guys like face to face, not in battle. And they are just like, "Hey, let's talk about it." And if she does, she does seem to respect Sam, right? Yeah. So they messed that up, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> you know, even later when she calls his sister, and I mean, we'll get there, but I do like that she explicitly says, "I would have never harmed them," and I believed her like i believed her that she just did that to get him there and she didn't want to like hurt his family exactly so i yeah i just like this and of course walker cap has to fucking ruin it he decides there's they've are they've had enough time time's up he barges in so understandably carly's like oh you set me up you're an, like she she's worried that sam set her up which like he did not because they were waiting outside but I, Walker Cap still like fucking ruined all of it. Zemo escapes because of course he does. I thought it was weird. So they're like, you know, once he barges in, they have the chase and the fights. I don't, Stephanie, you're the comics expert here. Zemo like disliking her. I felt like he wouldn't care and he would want to team up. Like, I don't know. What do you, what's your take on him going after her? Um, Cause he knows, I think it's because he knows that she has the serum. Okay. And he wants to get the serum off the market. Because if there's if that serum is out there, then where's Zemo's play in all of this? Um, by mm. destroying it, in my opinion, um, that was to me like a signal. Like, okay, he very much still wants to be involved with this because in episode three, when he shoots the scientist, like he didn't just do that. Like, I feel like that was calculated, and because it was, he's aware that um, you know other folks out there know about how to you know synthesize this serum, or he will figure it out so that he can bankroll it for his own um, needs or whatever. So to me, it made sense that he would kind of oppose her. But if anything, he just really wanted to chase her down to like one, either get the serum for himself or as we saw, destroy it. Um, David, what did you think? Um, for me, it's it's been pretty hard to figure out what Zemo's end goal is. Obviously, like you said, we know he wants the existing super soldier serum off of the market, but I, I just can't figure out why. Maybe other people have gotten, but I have not gotten like enough information to see what his actual plans and everything are. Hmm. They haven't showed a lot. A yeah. lot of this, a lot of this is uh, them, like depending on the viewers to kind of do the heavy lifting and assumption. Um, <laughs> so it's not, no, like, so you feeling that way is not at all like just... You're paying attention. You're putting your phone down. And you're actually watching this show. <laughs> there's also like a lot of players, right? Because mm-hmm. there's um, the fa- the flag smashers. There's the titular characters. There's uh, John Walker, you know, and his whole representation of the military industrial complex. Um, and then there's Zemo, who doesn't fit in with any of these and has his own uh, yeah. agenda that isn't clear. So that is a little complicated. I, I, I'm interested to see where that goes. But for right now, there's just yeah, not a lot of information. And you know what? Going back to what you said earlier, Victor, about Carly reminding you of a young Magneto, Zemo at times 
reminds me a little bit of Magneto because he's like, it's like, oh, but like you're a piece of shit too, but he's able to be the one to call Sam and Bucky on their shit like all the time. And I feel like Magneto was like that with the X-Men all the time, right? Like he'd be calling Charles on his bullshit and it'd be like, ooh, but he's not wrong. Like (laughs) he's destroying the city, but he's not wrong about what he's saying to them. That's what good manipulators do. They're able to project in a way that is telling you the truth, but it's also telling the truth about them. But it's also reminding you of their nature, of their true Mm -hmm. nature. And that reminds me of just many a times we've seen Magneto do that. When (laughs) when he was a part of the Hellfire Club, he was like calling them out. But at the same time, it was like, sir, didn't you destroy a whole fleet? (laughs) Right. That's why I, I do like Zemo. Because he is that person to remind you of, here's the bottom line. This is what's really on the table. This is really the truth about it all. And I like that because he's a reminder of, this is what's really going on. This is who I am. (laughs) And this is what's at stake. So, you know, I appreciate that about him. I I really enjoy that about him a lot. Yeah. We get Zemo. Zemo does shoot Carly. He stomps on all the serums. And what is it that Walker? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Walker throw Cap Walker throws a shield at Zemo and knocks him out in the head. Carly and company get away. <laughs> I put in my notes like Walker Cap sure is eyeing that serum. Oh wait, he put it in his pocket. So I mean, we kind of knew. I, I I figured that's where we were gonna go. I figured either we were gonna go that route or secretly be that he had taken the serum at some point, either prior to this or during the show. Um, but we kind of. They explicitly show us. He picks it up. Carly is definitely like, oh, now we have to kill Walker Cap, which like, all right. Um, But she's (laughs) trying to decide if she needs to kill Sam and Bucky as well, right? Mm -hmm. Because she did seem to respect Sam and she does respect him. I don't think she gives a shit one way or the other about Bucky, which fair. Because I think she sees of Sam, which he is in this group. He's like the leader, right? So it's like he's an obstacle because he's a leader of this group, but she does respect him, not in the way... She doesn't like hate him in the way she hates Walker Cap because he is a symbol of everything she hates. And I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I, I I do feel like she respects him. So we cut back to Zemo's place. We get a very good scene of everyone's yelling. Zemo, well, first Zemo asks Sam if he would have taken it. Sam immediately says no. Zemo's even like, oh, you didn't hesitate. You just said no. Then they're talking about Walker Cap. And I like that Bucky says, I know a crazy when I see one because I am crazy. And I felt like that's me about me. Um, then Walker Cap and Battlestar enter and they're yelling and I actually like yelled shit when the door Melage entered. I was like, fuck, this is going to be good. Even though I knew that they were in it, I had seen the gifts. I was like, this is a scene I've been waiting for all episode. Yes. And it did not disappoint. I, I love seeing just how badass these women are and they dispose of him so quickly, him and Battlestar. It's like barely a fight to them, right? Like they're not stressed about it. And I really love Zemo is just having a drink. He's like, I'm going to go in the bathroom while the kids fight. Sam and Bucky are like, shall we do something? And David, you even sent me the like video of this because you really like this scene, right? Yes. Sam's like, we should do something. <laughs> Bucky's like, uh, looking strong, John. <laughs> Bucky. <laughs> and I, I, it felt very good watching him get his ass kicked, I will say. <laughs> Well, like, but it works, though, on multiple levels for Walker, because just prior to this, he was fighting with some of the 
uh, flag smashers who have super soldier serum or whatever right. running through their veins. Um, and then we see him get his behind handed to him to by um, individuals who are just really, really good at combat. I mean, excellent, phenomenal at combat and best him without power. So this is just a further reminder to him that, you know, he actually isn't all that great. And <laughs> no idea why the U.S. government um, picked him to be cap other than him being a kind of like a lapdog. Like they know that he's going to do what he needs to to carry out the mission and finish it, but really not more so because of his actual skill. Yeah. It's his mind frame that they're they're more so like leaning on. So like that's just like a further, I don't know, like further characterization for him that one, he is this alpha male that is lacking <laughs> You know, like the actual, <laughs> like you know, like skill set to to actually yeah. um, to be that um, because he's been around, uh, I guess, other mediocre people. So he seems like he <laughs> was like, you know, being great, but that's actually not the case. He just hasn't been up against the best, and now that he is up against the best, like it has really been a blow to his ego. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think Sam and Bucky put up that much. Like, I don't think they would be that much of an opposition with him. Right. But like seeing, yeah, like the super soldiers and the door melage, like, oh, oops, I'm getting my ass checked. <laughs> and you know what I didn't notice is I, I watched this scene twice. I didn't notice the first time I thought he went to shake her hand, but he puts his hand on her mm-hmm. when he's like, oh, there's a misunderstanding. He like puts his hand on her shoulder. So like, yeah, dude, of course she's going to kick your ass. Like. And I was fine with it with just him. I thought he was reaching his hand out to shake her hand. And I was like, yeah, kick his ass. But like, that's not what he does. He puts his hand on her. Like <laughs> The many of times, because I, I do CrossFit because I don't have no sense. Um, but <laughs> the many of times that I've been at the CrossFit gym and like one of the white guys is like attempted to put his hand on my shoulder or has been able to land his hand on on my shoulder. Like I've just wanted to react in that way because like how dare you invade my personal space like that and it happens all the time so that's why i found the arguments weird online about you know folks being kind of upset that the dora milaje beat him down like that but just like okay but i know y'all heard michelle obama say like when they go low we go high but that is not a memo <laughs> we're not doing that anymore right <laughs> Stephanie. So so we get this scene. I Bucky like joins in to like get help Sam and Bucky do. Battlestar gets knocked out. They take his arm off, which I was like, that actually I was like, oh shit, like fuck. Cause I kind of didn't know that. I mean, granted, he just puts it right back on, but I thought it was like, ooh, like, and I appreciated that with Bucky, it's like they do like he is an ally. Like they consider him like an ally. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, they're not going to like totally beat you at beat your ass, but like they are going to like remove your fucking arm that they gave you. It's like your mom saying, I gave you life and I can take it back. <laughs> yeah. It's like we gave, I gave you arm. I could take it back. Yeah. <laughs> it was a reminder that he needs to understand his place. And that's what I yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Know your place when we, we deal with us. So I love that. I really yeah, I thought that was like a really good. Also, if I had this plan in case we were doing uh, like fun intros, like my fun intro was going to be <laughs> the combination of presses to remove Bucky's left arm <laughs> <laughs> instead of like who I actually am, the Twitter goblin or whatever. Now, I will say for that scene, I hesitated for a moment because I was just like, does this come off as ableist in a way? 
I'm very interested to, you know, like how someone who is disabled would feel about that scene, but just talking specifically to like how it works. Yeah. And like what we saw in the very beginning with Io and um, Bucky working to, you know, like they they have that little scene together. I think that's just an, also another reminder that the Wakandas are no fool. Like they know <laughs> that <laughs> there needs to be a fail safe in place for Bucky. And then also, so like after that happens and the other Dora Milaje um, has the shield, like those hmm. are still possessions of Wakanda. Like that's vibranium. So that would be theirs to take, but they leave it right. along with Bucky's arm as well. And I think it's more so speaking to like how they don't necessarily, you know, like they trust them, but also they're not fools. So, um, yeah, that, that scene was, I enjoyed it, but like it gave me a little pause because of that. But I don't think that, you know, the intention was there to be harmful. But then again, and right. just because that's your intent doesn't mean that that's actually how other folks will receive it. Yeah, that's actually totally fair and a really good point I hadn't thought of. Um, I would be curious what other people thought about that. But the fight, I mean, I got to give it to them. The fight scene choreography in the show is pretty good. I thought this was one of the best fights we've seen. And it's quick too, right? Like they kind of, I, for, I was going to say they disarm, but that feels like a pun. They like get everyone, they like win the fight very quickly. And I just thought like the, the pacing of it was really good. Like they throw the, she throws that spear, she uses it, she knows exactly how she's throwing it. She uses it to like lock Capwalker down, but like not to kill him because she's, that's not what she's trying to do. She's just trying to show them, you know, not to fuck with them because they can kick their asses. And at the end, I mean, she even says about the shield, you're right, Stephanie, I hadn't even thought about that it is technically theirs. Like, she says, leave it. Like, we don't, what What are we doing with that? I don't want that. They leave the shield and Capwalker has like the most pathetic line of like, they weren't even super soldiers. Yeah. Ugh. It like made me cringe. Like, even though I fucking hate him, it made me cringe. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That was the moment he realized his mediocrity, I feel like. That was the moment he realized that he's not in the lead, he's not in front as he wanting to be. Yeah, and I also want to jump back really quick that he was really like his ego took a real big hit because not only did he get beat by these women, but the two people that he's probably judged by the most, and he probably believes that he's judged by the most, watched it the entire time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like, oh, cool, these two guys that I've been trying to be cool with. And like befriend, just watched me get my ass checked. Like <laughs> they kind of exit, and I forget. So they leave because Zemo has escaped. There was a drain in his bathroom that he escaped through, and she, they they leave. He has a warning with super soldiers. We cut to uh, Walker and Hoskins at this cafe. Walker has a woman ask for his autograph. They're talking about the super soldier serum. This for me, if they wanted to make him, I mean, because I don't like him. For me, this was a the closest we got to a likable scene because we got to just see them be friends. And like, I don't know, if they wanted to try to give us sympathy, I felt like give us more scenes of them being friends before. Like, I should have thought like, oh, he's going to die because it was like, what are we like? I was like, this is weird. This is actually like feels like two friends talking. And that hadn't felt that way prior to this. So I probably should have known like, oh, that means he's going to die. But yeah, I was like, Hoskins had a little bit more of a personality in this scene I mean, they're still like army dudes, right? Like, I don't know. What did you what did you think 
what do you think, Stephanie? I really like the scene um, because you have Lamar ask him, like, power just makes a person more themselves, right? And then you kind of see the wheels turning because, like, what does that mean? Does that mean that villains are more evil by power and heroes right. are then for more heroic? And I don't think that there is, like, a really definitive black and white for that. There's a lot of gray area. Um, so I love it because you see that Lamar is kind of the one that bring back John. I don't yeah. like it because it's just like, yeah, give the duty to the black guy, um, his, his friend <laughs> to do that. Yeah. But it does work. And it's why when what happens to Lamar happens, that that is the final pushing point um, for John. Cause like in the comics, even before John Walker's spoiler alert for a comic that's two decades old, but anyway, <laughs> like when, <laughs> when John Walker, his parents are killed. That really isn't his pushing point. Like he was already a loose cannon before then and had killed someone but prior to that. So <laughs> yeah, like I saw some folks kind of bringing that up and I'm just like, well, no, like he just goes super berserk after that, but he okay. was already berserk prior to that <laughs> happening. So um, again, like it's just, I don't know, like it's just kind of interesting that this is the route that they've taken, but I love it that they have this conversation after he's actually taking one of the vows with him. And like, we don't know if he's administered it yet, but then we right. soon find out that he did. And I also kind of right. wonder if he did like after Lamar was killed. Cause I feel like right. that was the moment that he maybe injected himself like right after that. You know, I was wondering that, but I think you might be right. Cause we don't really see it's like once he realizes Lamar is like missing, mm -hmm. then he's like pushing people through walls and shit. But you're right. He could have taken it in that moment when he realizes he's captured. Cause I was like trying to figure out, I was like, is it right after the scene? Like, what did he already take it? Like, I, but I think you're probably right because he has it in his pocket, so he could inject it literally whenever the fuck he wants. Mm -hmm. Little cargo pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Victor, what do you think of this conversation that they have here? No, it was a good conversation. Um, it kind of humanized John a, a bit. Um, also, kind of gave a little bit insight of, of their relationship that they have, but I, it also kind of reminded me that. John was having this conversation because he's wrestling with the fact that taking this term. But I think that, um, you know, that conversation that we got with Battlestar or Lamar kind of gave us a little bit more about Lamar. And I wish we had more about him just going mm -hmm. through the series. Who knows how they, they may do a past thing and then at some point. But I, I kind of like that I got to know a little bit more about Lamar. Um, because I, was, I didn't want him to be just a black sidekick. I wanted to know a little bit more about him and, and why he, you know, is the one working with John as much as, you know, especially when it comes to these type of missions. Why is he that person and what makes him the person they chose to work with him? Yeah. Yeah. David, what do you think? I do think that, like, the history of the MCU definitely, like, confirms this point about power making you more of who you are. Like, Steve Rogers was such a good example of that mm -hmm. as far as what we learned about him like yeah he was he seems he sounds like the the voice of reasoning in that pairing but i i also thought like well he's you know he's also there because he's a war criminal <laughs> with medals <laughs> so that, that was what's going through my mind so quickly after that we cut to a really well shot scene of Sam's sister, Sarah answering her phone and it's Carly and like, fuck, I, I kind of, I mean, I didn't love when she threatened Sarah's family, but I, I mean, prior to the threat, like 
I do believe that she's like calling to find out information. Like she is respecting Sam. She wants to know more about him. And I liked, I forget what she specifically says to Sarah, but Sarah, and I mean, some, I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel. I, I feel like they're very, they're like tiptoeing around, like just flat out saying like America is racist. Yeah. They're like hinting at it. They're definitely tiptoeing around it. They've tiptoed around it with the way that they presented the Flag Smashers. Uh, they've tiptoed around it with the way that they have introduced John Walker and surrounded him, uh, uh, surrounded him with black people. Um, him yeah. being uh, having a wife or a girlfriend who is a black woman, his best mm-hmm. friend being black. Like they're they're tiptoeing around it because they've is kind of like these safeguards a little bit to kind of make those messages messages not not so mean, I guess. Because yeah. <laughs> again, like John Walker is someone that we encounter all the time on social media and probably has uh, Black Lives Matter in their bio. So <laughs> <laughs> he is so like yeah, they I will definitely say that they're um they're kind of oof, why am I using this word? Pussyfooting around it. I don't know what the hell I've been watching, but <laughs> <laughs> they're they're definitely um, doing that. Even with um, the way that they introduced Isaiah Walker, not Isaiah Walker, Isaiah Bradley in episode two and that little yeah. history there. Um, it's more than I thought that they would have given us. But again, like, yeah, yes, the, the answer is yes, emphatically. <laughs> Uh, but I, I do like that actor that plays Sarah. I think she's like really good on screen. Same. And I kind of was glad we at least, I mean, it wasn't the best way to have her in there, her getting her family threatened, but I, I think she's a really good actor and I hope we get like more scenes of her in the series because it felt like she was going to be a main character. And then, you know, she's hasn't really been much in the last few episodes. I, I know I said this already, but that the scene of the way it's shot of her on the dock, I was like, this is like weirdly like. The cinematography here is like really well done. I don't know. I like that we saw her silhouette and then we go to close up and the silhouette. But yeah, Victor, what did you think of the conversation she has on the phone with Carly? It was a good one. It was a good one for me because I really like the fact that when, you know, she said that um, country doesn't really care about me. Why should I care about it? It's Matt Scott. And that was mm-hmm. that moment for me. It's like, yeah, why, you know, why should I care? You know, it, it, it's, and it's, and it's, and it's interesting because I know as black people, we have to, <laughs> you know, how we feel about this country and how this country has treated us. And that was kind of a reminder if people didn't know that that is our reality. That is the truth for us. Yeah. You know, why should we care? You know, because think of all the things that's been done to us. But I like that conversation because it, I think it kind of helped Carly understand who she's dealing with when it comes to Sam, but also with his family, but also really helped her realize what is her end game? Like, what is she, yeah. like, what is it? that she's trying to achieve. And I think she needed that call to remind her what she was actually doing and if, if she's doing the right thing and how she should go about it. Right. Yeah, I almost feel like it was, I feel like that call made her decide that she, I think she kind of got that Walker Cap kind of ruined their like talk. And I think that call made her like, oh, okay, I don't need to kill, I, I shouldn't kill Sam. Like he's not part of that like Walker Cap and his bullshit. Like I think that call kind of instilled to her that like, okay, he is a good guy. He is, you know, he is trying his best. And I really think that will be pivotal towards whatever final encounter they all end up having. But so we get, I, I was like, I was upset that she threatened his family. Um, I almost was like, no, don't take Bucky with you. Cause I was worried that that would, I was glad it didn't, but I was worried Carly would be like, oop, now I'm going to kill your family. Cause you did bring someone. You didn't come alone. Um, that like immediately worried me. 
Sam and Bucky suit up. They go to meet Carly. She does say, I had no intention of killing your family. I do believe her. <laughs> and then Sharon calls on speakerphone, which was like, wait, don't they have like headsets? Like it's just like on his little armband thing. And so we learn that Walker Cap has found their hideout. It's not the same. It's a different place than from before, right? That he located, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Okay. This is such a not nothing beat, but there's like a really cool moment where Carly puts on her mask and her and Bucky both jump off the balcony at the same time, but she like knocks him into the wall and I thought it looked real cool. I was like, ooh. Oh yeah, that was, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Like that's the kind of that's the kind of shit I want to see in these fights. They, Sam takes off, he gets his he's got his wings. Battlestar is immediately captured. When they arrive, he's like kicking people through the door, through the walls. It's so weird. Ugh. Stephanie, does Battlestar die in the comics or does he just go away? No, he doesn't die at all. He lives on to uh, become up the wild pack with Silver Sable and then um, randomly pops up again in like a zombie situation, whatever Marvel, when they try to do those things, I want them mm -hmm. to stop doing them. Um, and then <laughs> again um, in Sam Wilson's run uh, when he was, well, if he is still Captain America, I have no idea. But anyway, uh, <laughs> at some like wrestling event to wrestle uh, D-Man, um, who we find out is gay, which is actually really wonderful. But hmm. um, no, he does not die. It's So basically he replaces the death of Walker's parents. But again, kind of doesn't work that way because um, Walker was already like loco prior right. to uh, his parents getting marked. So, um, I mean, someone had to, I guess, die, but I wish that they would have maybe done a fake out. Like he thought that he was yeah. dead. Then he like takes the serum. And then he like later on, maybe episode five or six, we find out Lamar is actually still alive. And then uh, Walker has to um, kind of reconcile with, okay, well, man, that pushed me over the edge, but he's actually still alive. So like, what does that say about me? But anyway, yeah, it's me writing and thinking more than I should. I think you're right though, because when they, because I was like, oh, he escaped, so he's good. And then he gets punched so hard he dies. I was like, that seems like bullshit. And when they, when uh, Walker Cap is running after the dude, they cut to Battlestar and I was like, oh, he's going to wake up now. But like, right. I was kind of faked out by that too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, this is a scene where he wakes up, but nope. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I guess they also had to do it because, uh, well, Carly already killed someone, but I don't, never mind. Because I was going to be like, because Carly has already killed like that whole building of people. So it's not even like a thing where this is her first, like, you know, blood first, right. like blood on her hands the first time. So I don't know. I'll leave it alone. But anyway, uh, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> And she does seem like she didn't mean to, right? Yeah, she's remorseful. And she was already remorseful, you can tell, um, after like Sam got the wheel suspended on, he really just pushed the door that was already halfway cracked. Because when she's having a conversation episode three with um, one of her um, Flag Smasher buddies or whatever, you can see kind of the sorrow, so, um, like the sadness in her yeah. and the things that she still wants to be, but doesn't think that she can be now that she does have blood on her hands. So um, that is just further emphasize, um, emphasize when... Um, she looks the way she does after Lamar is killed. So I don't think she's going to kill Sarah and them because after that, yeah. there's just no. Yeah. And I, like I said, I do think she was being honest when she said she didn't want to kill that family. 
Yeah. And yeah, then we get the fucking brutal scene of this guy who I feel like they definitely did this on purpose. And I mean, I should have known. I feel like a lot of shows do this where it's like, oh, that one character that was like her minion that like got all his lines in this episode. Oh, yep. He's going to die now, too. Like we gave Hoskins and this random minion dude got their like best scenes to later die. And it was definitely to be like, oh, we want to we want you to, you know, feel bad when these characters die. This guy gets, does he chop off his head or just like bludgeon him with the thing? It was brutal, right? Like I thought, yeah, it was just like so brutal to watch. And I was happy that it happened in a public space. So they can't, I mean, granted, he's Walker Cap, so he probably will be fine. But like there was people there to capture it on video. It was like in this, this town square area. Yeah, I don't know. That scene, like I got like upset and not because I liked either of these characters it was just like fuck this is upsetting like i felt like i was like it was hurting my feelings watching that shield be used that way yeah i don't know what did what did you all think of this end scene i was fine with it um it's kind of funny because again um this is really taking panel from panel uh from the comics uh i think it's captain america 338 where walker does this to originally i thought it was the power broker but it's not it's just like some guy or whatever but he kills him Um, Not with the shield, but with his fist. But like there is this, he's pretty much saying like, no more this, no more that. Like, do you hear me? And by the end, he realized that he has killed the guy. So, and we have that same look in his eye or whatever, when he realizes like he's killed him. But I think that's the moment where Walker decides like, okay, this is, this is who I am. Like, this is the Captain America that I'm going to be because there's no way for me to be Steve. I I think, you nailed it. Yeah, it's like he realizes there is no way. Because Steve Steve would have never, right? He just mm-hmm. wouldn't have. It was like a direct comparison to Steve again because Steve used that same motion with his shield to um, neutralize Iron Man's armor in yep. Civil War. So they had like the same posturing that was uh, – but in this case – he's ending a guy's life. So that was, that was their way of comparing them. Remember he, they, because Steve's not around, all, all we have is like the memory of Steve and people talking about Steve to compare uh, John Walker to. Yeah. I also realized that this was kind of the theme of the, of this episode because they kept talking about a means to an end. And that was kind of, you know, you think about like, that was what he thought he needed to do at that time. But also they had a conversation about the about the serum and how the serum is like you know it makes you into this person it may make you that person or whatever and it was kind of like okay well that was supposed to happen you took the serum and now it made you into this person that right. you may or may not want to be but it kind of gave us the kind of the idea of what that theme was about when you take the serum what does it make you as a person yeah 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 and you know again like what they like you said they keep saying well Steve didn't get corrupt and it's like oh look this asshole did because. I mean, I think I think they are trying to do a little bit of the comics where he was already kind of not 100%. You know, like, what is it when that guy spits in his face in episode, like, two or three, and he's like, don't you know who I am? And it's like, all right, dude. Eh. Like, Steve would have never said, don't you know who I am to someone that they're trying to, like, shake down or whatever. Yeah, a lot happened in this episode, and I thought it was definitely... Episode three had a lot happening, but it felt a little too fast. This felt, like, perfectly paced with a lot happening. 
Yeah. What's your favorite scene, Stephanie? Obviously, the Dora Milaje uh, <laughs> beating up on John Walker. But I think that actually that that end scene is my favorite because of what David mentioned. Like, you know, that comparison to Steve Rogers, how it is like a, a rip from the, the comics as well. But it also makes me more interested in Carly because Carly mm-hmm. is kind of like this middle ground almost. Or maybe she'll end up being between like Steve and John Walker, because she's also taking the serum. I'm taking Bucky out of this because he was conditioned and everything else. But she's kind of like that middle ground because you see her do some stuff that John has, but you also see that she has the heart of Steve too. And what mm. she wants to do as far as like helping people. Um, so that scene just kind of, I don't know, like further cemented, like they're really going to go there where they are going there with John Walker and like his existence in the MCU and like what that means for the shield. Like I, I just really, I like that. It's, it's fun storytelling to me. Um, messy. Cause we see that folks are like, <laughs> like, yeah, this is what Captain America should be, but it's just like, no, actually it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Cause even Steve was flawed in some ways too, but yeah. Uh, yeah. That uh, next to the door, Milaje, which is obvious, like that's my 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 favorite scene. All right. Stephanie, I love that you're like it's fun storytelling. It's like him murdering someone <laughs> with the shield. <laughs> I know, and I know that sounds terrible, but I mean, just no, I know what you mean. Yeah, please, guys, don't think that I'm, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. I'm just giving you shit. That's the writer when you're talking. You know, you think yeah. about when we we are writing things, we have to jump in the head of a a psychopath, a maniac, or whatever. We have to jump into those things. So, yeah, I, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Victor, what was your favorite scene? Uh, yeah, there were some good scenes in this. Um, of course, I like yeah. the Bill Melange. Um I love that one. But I actually like the conversation between Sam and um, Carly because you got to see a little bit more of them and you you saw where, they're, where, where their heads are at, where they try yeah. to go. I like where you can kind of hear that. It reminds me of me talking to my students. Sometimes I feel like I'm out of touch to what's really going on in their work. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of nice to see that, um, that scene between both of them. And again, to see a little bit more Sam, a little bit more Carly um, in that conversation. So that was one of my favorites. Uh, David, what was your favorite scene? I mean, I already said it, but it was um, Sam saying that they needed to do something and Bucky just stood back and, you know, mocked uh, John Walker. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm going to have to, I'm with Victor. My favorite scene was Sam and Carly's talk, just because I I liked, Carly has been kind of like, most of her scenes fell flat for me prior to this. I was like, all right, like, I mean, she's not wrong, but, and I liked this conversation between them because of the same reasons Victor said. I just, it made, it made sense for both characters and I just, it brought more nuance to both of them as well in the discussion of what Carly's trying to achieve, which made me like it. But I did like all the other scenes that you all mentioned. What would you like to see moving forward, David? I want to get, I want to see Sam get that shield back, you know, and kind of own up to that, that expectation. Mm. Not, not just because, you know, uh, an old white man gave it to him and said that he had to do it, but also because, you know, he's the Captain America that a lot of people were excited to see, uh, and read about in comics. Yeah. So it, it just, it, it seems very fitting. I want to see how the world turns on John Walker. And I want to see 
I'm, I don't think I'm going to get it, but I, I do kind of want to see the the, sma- the the flag smashers kind of indicated. Yeah, that I don't think we're going to get. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get that, but that's what I want to see. Uh, Victor? I kind of want to see what happens with Carly moving forward, like what type of person she will become after all this. Hmm, yeah. Similar to David, I want to see how the world interacts with Cap Walker, but at the same time, they may want that. You know, I think about the world we're in. Yeah. You know, that might be, uh, there's tons of people already on, on you know, the internet basically agreeing with him. So I, I'm right. really interested to see what happens when the world sees this. How the, will they just be like, oh, well, that's how things are today. Okay. Yeah. You know, I really want to see what that looks like. And I kind of want to see more Sam's family. I yeah. just really want to know more about the family. Uh, Stephanie? Um, so I know this is like way out there or whatever, but. <laughs> Hit me. <laughs> I would love if, because Carly wouldn't be U.S. agent because she's not from the United States, but I would like right. for her to be like another iteration for that character because unlike John Walker, right now in the MCU and in the comics, like when he became U.S. agent, it's like, okay, but you're still not redeemable in a way. Mm-hmm. But with Carly, because we see that there are some redeeming qualities about her, like there is some learning and some growth that can happen once she, um, you know, has to not pay, but like atone for some of the Mm -hmm. bad stuff that she has done or crimes or whatever. I want to see that. Don't think that's going to happen, but I would love that. But to Victor's point, I want to see more of Sam's family. No idea we're going to get that with two episodes, love. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it'd be really cool to have her exist beyond this show and kind of what U.S. agent wants to be mm-hmm. and like this new iteration of that character through her because you can like you can redeem her in the comics they had to kill him they had to kill John Walker like assassinate him fakely um, and then like <laughs> recondition him and I just kind of feel like uh, there is an opportunity for Carly to um, to kind of be that that new iteration of that character so. That's what I would love to see. I know I'm not going to see it, but this is a show of dreams. And that is a dream. <laughs> you know, Stephanie, that's actually funny because I was thinking about what I, I, I hope they don't kill Carly at the end of this. And I was thinking like, oh, so I was thinking the same thing with Sharon, how Sharon, if they wanted to, like, they could make her the new Mockingbird, right? Like they, they could do, even though we got Mockingbird in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I know they're never going to bring her back. I, they could just make her another hero or a villain and like, the alias is just different, right? And they could do that with Carly. They could make her some kind of like, and you're right, like, I mean, it couldn't be US agent, but some kind of like in-between hero. And like, I would be into that. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but like, right, they could just like, be like, oh, in the MCU, this character's real name is Carly. Sure, fine. I'd be cool with that. But what I would want to see moving forward is, I I hope we get more of the Dormelage. I kind of would love to see them in, I don't know what fine, I I still have trouble thinking of like, what's the final thing we're leading up to here? Like, I don't know what it is, but if we do have a final like fight, I kind of hope they're in it. And I would like more of Sam's family because I think uh, the woman who plays Sarah is great. But yeah, this was the first episode where there wasn't, I felt like, oh, I just really enjoyed this episode. Um, So I don't have much to say like what I would like different. What grade do you give the episode, Victor? Mm, I'll give it a A minus, B plus. Fair. Uh, David? I give it an A, and what would have given it an A plus is if U.S. Agent didn't get a superhero landing, because I thought that that was completely undeserved. <laughs> I, wait, when does he, does he, 
jump off something. He jumps out a window and lands on a car, and it's right. you know it's the same kind of uh, superhero landing that they gave Monica, you know, to show right. that she's mm-hmm. going to be uh, the next superhero, like being introduced by that show. But uh, he he didn't deserve it. Like he has superpowers, <laughs> but he doesn't deserve a superhero landing. Stephanie. <laughs> So surprisingly, um, I am giving this an A as well. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Never thought I would give any of these episodes anything <laughs> higher than a B minus, but <laughs> um, it gets an A because of all the reasons that David mentioned. And it just really drives the story for, forward. Sam's doing stuff. We get to yeah. see um, him further characterize Adora Milaje, which I like that was amazing. And I don't know, like even John Walker, even though I can't stand him, like it, it worked in service to him as well. So, yeah. Wow. Y'all got an A up out of me. <laughs> Today is Sunday. The Lord is working. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I've been like straight C plus B, but I, I, yeah, this episode gets an A for me as well. Like I wish the show had been this engaging and nuanced from the start, um, but this episode was definitely the best so far. Yeah, thank you all for joining us, and thank you all for listening. And thank you, Stephanie, for having your first co-host duty. It was really great. Thank you. If you like the podcast, you can find SlayerFest98 on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. You can subscribe to us on Patreon, where you get access to patron-exclusive episodes and really helps keep this podcast going, and any and all support is much appreciated. If you want to follow us on social, we are at SlayerFestX98. And if you want to follow me, I'm at Ian Carlos. Uh, Victor, where can everyone find you? Um, Wonderman5 on Twitter. Um, and his name is Victor on Instagram. And David, where can everyone find you? I am Discreet Latino, E-E-T, uh, on all the social medias. And Stephanie, where can everyone find you and buy your stuff? Uh, so on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at Steph underscore I underscore Will. And if you go to the link in both of those bios, it's to my link tree, which has a link to my coffee, which has um, all of my comics and stuff there. And man, you got to you had to invite me back sometime in June because I have really huge news that I want to announce, but I can't announce right now. <laughs> well, I mean, Loki will be then, so you'll be coming back on that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.